Amen. Praise the Lord. If you've got your Bibles, I'm going to go ahead and give you a minute to find and to get to the text that's actually found in the Old Testament prophet Zechariah. And uh, so if you'll make, if you can find Malachi, go one book to the left, you'll find Zechariah, one of the Old Testament prophets. That's where we will be. That's where we'll spend a good, about, a good amount of our time throughout the morning. We'll be back and forth in other passages of Scripture, but we will find ourselves uh, predominantly here. As we look at things around the world today and as we see things uh, changing in front of us, um, there, is, there is an emerging um, situation around the world that is continuing to grow. Matter of fact, it is, it is even escalating uh, even more today than what we have seen. A lot of the people in this room are familiar when uh, the Holocaust uh, took place, when all of uh, the Jews, of course, in different places within side of Europe, uh, when many of them lost uh, their lives um, as a result of uh, the Third Reich and the regime under Hitler. Well, as things have progressed, uh, we know that Israel became a nation in 1948. It was classified or deemed as an independent state, a sovereign state, the sovereign state of Israel. Uh, in May of 1948, they became their nation. What most folks don't understand about Israel today, uh, the city of Jerusalem in Israel today is still a divided city. Matter of fact, if you travel in Israel at all, one of the things that you will find is there are still many areas within side of Israel today that are occupied. Uh, they're occupied areas. So a lot of times as you're traveling in Israel, you'll run out of an Israeli occupied into a Palestinian occupied arrangement within side of Israel. So there's still some division even within side of the country today. But what is rising today, more than, than, than we've seen in the past, uh, even since the time of the Holocaust, uh, is what we refer to as anti-Semitism. Uh, anti-Semitism is on the rise. And a lot of folks, unfortunately today, I mean, they see the word anti-Semitism, and, and for most folks, they, they really don't understand the full significance of the definition of anti-Semitism. So in order to understand clearly where we're going this morning, I, I need to give you a definition of anti-Semitism so that you will understand the significance of it. Uh, because the S is capitalized, anti-Semitism, the definition that I'm going to share with you this morning, here is the definition of anti-Semitism. It is hostility toward or discrimination against Jews as a religious or ethnic group. That's what anti-Semitism is. And when I say it is growing today, it is growing significantly. I want to ask you a couple of simple questions. Have you ever seen another ethnic group discriminated against as much as the Jews have been? The answer to that question is no. Have you ever seen a city that creates so much turmoil in the world, and it seems like all of the world's attention is focused predominantly on the city of Jerusalem? No, there's not another place. And so as you take into all of that and you consider all that and you look at the magnitude of all of that, uh, it begins to 
So what is the significance of it? Especially as we move toward the end times in the last days. Anti-Semitism is escalating everywhere around the world today. Matter of fact, U.S. News and World Reports and uh, a Newsweek article um, have recently, listen, they've recently published articles uh, concerning the subject. And I want to just share one of those with you this morning. And it reads this, France has suffered the worst violence, but anti-Semitism is spiking across Europe in Britain, there were around four or 100 anti-Semitic incidents. In Berlin, a crowd of anti-Israel protesters had to be prevented from attacking a synagogue. In Belgium, a cafe owner put up a sign saying dogs were welcome, but Jews were not allowed. Yet for many French and European Jews, the violence comes at no surprise. Let me say this. It's growing in the West today as well. One of the things that they're finding and one of the things that they're having difficulty today doing is keeping up with inside of Israel. They have, when you go to Israel today and you can see some of the areas where they're building, they're constructing houses and places for these Jews. Many of them from all over the world today are beginning to make their way back to Israel. Well, I hate to tell you this, they're not doing it just because of coincidence sake. The scripture itself said that there is coming a day when they're going to be drawn back to Israel. And we're seeing it as it, as it unfolds today. Now, the magnitude of, of where it is probably going to get to, I don't think so at this point. But we do see the move taking place where they're making their way back to Israel and specifically back to the Jerusalem area. And they're having difficulty today of keeping and maintaining all of those who are coming back into the nation of Israel. And so what does it mean for us? Well, Scripture tells us, and it's very clear, that Israel will increasingly be a contentious, a contentious hotspot in the world during end times. If you look at Zechariah chapter 12... It's where I want you to notice this morning, verse 2 and verse 3. And I want, this, is, this is from the prophet Zechariah, and I want you to notice what he says. Not only does it have a present fulfillment, it also has a future one. So verse 2, notice it says, Behold, I'm going to make Jerusalem a cup that causes reeling to all the peoples around. And when the siege is against Jerusalem, it will also be against Judah. It will come about in that day that I will make Jerusalem a heavy stone for all of the peoples. All who lift it will be severely injured, and all of the nations of the earth will be gathered against it. Well, it doesn't take you long to understand and realize as it says, and all of the nations of the earth will be gathered against it. Well, go read the book of Ezekiel. Go read the other prophets that you have, and you will see that that is exactly what we see, even from the other prophets. And what's amazing to me today is the number of nations today that are posed or poised against Israel even to this day. Matter of fact, we refer to it as an axis uh, today between places like Iran and Russia and Turkey. And when you look at those locations and notice where they're located strategically when it comes to Israel, it is no wonder in our minds that... And here's one of the things I want you to understand. 
outside of anything else I say today, here's one of the things I want you to understand. This is, being, this is orchestrated by God. Marvin read this morning from Isaiah, and we're going to go back to Isaiah chapter 46. God is going to bring it to pass. And oh, by the way, nothing is going to stop it. It is going to happen just the way that God said it's going to occur. And also, and I hear people say this all the time, well, isn't Israel, isn't specifically the city of Jerusalem today, isn't Israel predominantly atheist when it comes to their beliefs? That is, but please listen to me, just because of their refusal to the things of God does not negate the covenants that God made with them nor the promises that God made to them. They will be carried out exactly the way the Scripture says that they will be. If there is one thing that this verse tells us, it's Zechariah chapter 12, verse 2 and verse 3. Even though Israel is small, as a matter of fact, have you ever taken the time to look how small the nation of Israel is? I don't know if you've ever read any of the history behind, but from 1948 when they became a nation, go look at all of the wars that they've been, how how many of y'all are familiar with the the six-day and the eight-day war of Israel? They absolutely thought Israel was going to be annihilated from off the face, but miraculously, in a period of eight days, it went from destruction till now they came out as the victor. I will tell you who was behind that, and it was God himself, because Jerusalem is not going to be annihilated or removed from off of the face of the earth. God's in control of this thing, not us. And so God is going to bring all of this to pass. But here's something interesting. Even though Israel is small, the end times turmoil generated by this one nation will affect many large nations. It affects us. It even affects us today when we find ourselves here in the United States. Well, what about the Jews? What about the Jewish people? And really, who are they? Well, one of the things we need to do is I want you to turn back to Genesis chapter number 12. Genesis chapter number 12. And I want you to notice something. And this was the covenant that God made with Abraham. Genesis chapter 12 and verse number 3. Genesis chapter 12 and verse number 3. In the covenant that God makes with Abraham, as he lays out all of it to him, verse, well, look at verse 2. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, and so, shall, and so you shall be a blessing. But look at verse 3. And I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. And my dear friend, I'm going to tell you something. They're... they're That's truth because it comes out of the word of God. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. And so therefore the relationship that we have today between God and the the Jewish nation as a whole and with the Jewish people has not been removed from the eye of God himself. As a matter of fact, you say, well, Brother Robert, how in the world do you know that? Well, Did you know that the scripture speaks of Israel, the Jewish people, as the apple of God's eye? That's who they are. Well, let's go back to Zechariah, all right? Let's go back to Zechariah chapter number 2. Zechariah chapter 2. 
And I want you to notice, as the prophet shares with us, this thought. Zechariah chapter 2. I'll give you a minute to get there. Zechariah chapter 2. I want you to notice verse 8. For thus says the Lord of hosts, After glory he has sent me against the nations which plunder you. For he who touches you touches the apple of his eye. That's who they are. They are the apple of the eye of God. Let's go hold your place here in Zechariah because we're going to come back, okay? So hold it there. Go to Psalm chapter 48. Psalm chapter 48. And I want you to notice as Jerusalem is spoken of in Psalm 48, verse 1 and verse 2. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, his holy mountain, beautiful in elevation, the joy of the whole earth, in Mount Zion in the far north, the city. Of the great king. My dear friend, listen to me. Jerusalem today. Israel today has, lo- has not lost. Has not lost. Who they are in their relationship as far as God has called them and placed his name on them. Why? Because he loved them. Not for who they were. And that, that, that for us sometimes can be a little bit difficult. But I want you to think about something else. Their land is described as holy. That land is described as holy. Go back to Zechariah chapter 2. Zechariah chapter 2, and I want you to notice verse number 12. Their land is described as holy. Have you ever figured out why when we hear it referred to today, it's called the Holy Land? You ever heard it referred to as the Holy Land? Heard it referred to as the Holy Land? Okay. Well, look at Zechariah chapter 2 and verse number 12. The Lord will possess Judah as his portion in the Holy Land and will again choose who? Jerusalem. So is it any wonder it's referred to as the Holy Land? Here's something else for you. Jerusalem is also termed as the center of nations. Turn with me to Ezekiel chapter number 5. These are all from the prophets. Ezekiel chapter number 5. Ezekiel chapter 5. And I want you to notice verse 5. Ezekiel chapter 5, verse 5. Thus says the Lord God. This is Jerusalem. And I want you to notice what the prophet says about Jerusalem. I have set her 
at the center of the nations with lands around her. I'll tell you what, Jerusalem sure gets a lot of attention today, don't they? Matter of fact, we were able to go to the spot when they moved the embassy from Tel Aviv and moved it into Jerusalem. I have a picture of us standing by the new consulate there in Jerusalem, which was a big move. Because let me tell you what it did. It recognized the city of Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. And that was substantial in that move. But all oh, the turmoil that it continued, the turmoil that it continued to, to incite while they were there. So what does it mean for us? Well, when you look at all of this, it appears that we're moving quickly to the day in which God's promises to Israel will come to final and full fruition. They're not over. Here's some of the major evidence for you, and that's what I want to share with you this morning and take you through some of it. And I've put it all up here for you so you can see. First of all, there's an ever-increasing global persecution of God's people today. It's happening all over, all around the world. Not just Jews, but Christians as well. And you see a tremendous increase in persecution against Christians as well. So not only against the Jewish people, but against Christians. And so when you consider the magnitude of all of that, and let, me, let me share something with you this morning. Scripture speaks about this. The Scripture speaks as we move toward those last days, you're going to see that happen. Is it, is, is it any, any wonder that we find it happening today? Here's another interesting thought for you. Number two, Israel continues to be a relentless sore spot in the world. I mean, the Temple Mount itself is a major contention point, a major contention spot. Even some of the boundaries around the area has been has has come to a to a height today in intensity of of difficulty for all of that region and what's scary is when you're on a bus and you're traveling and you come from one area and you come into the city of Jerusalem and one of the things that you find you come out of one occupied area and you come into an Israeli occupied area you have to stop at these checkpoints So things are not well there when you consider who Jerusalem and Israel is. Here's another one. The conflict in the Middle East is continually escalating. You don't have to the only way you would not see this would be to absolutely just completely unplug from every and anything. I mean, the conflict in the Middle East today is just, it is continuing to ratchet up. And as you watch the players and you watch the major players that are becoming involved, what is interesting is all of those major players, you can go back and read the book of Ezekiel and you'll see them as they're starting to formulate. That's where we are. 
things are moving, and we're making our way to the end times, to the, to the last days. A lot of people ask me, say, well, Brother Robert, when do you think that's going to occur? I don't have, I don't have a specific time frame. You, all I can tell you is that we're moving that direction. Well, here's another one under, here's another one for you, okay? Efforts are underway right now toward the rebuilding of the Jewish temple. There is an organization with inside of Israel today uh, known as the Temple Institute. And the Temple Institute right now is overseeing the rebuilding of the temple in Jerusalem. And oh, by the way, it's going to be rebuilt. According to the scripture, even after Jesus Christ was crucified and rose from the grave in A.D. 70, when Jerusalem and the temple and, and those were destroyed, um, matter of fact, the only portion that you find today when you go to the city of Jerusalem, there's a part of the western wall that is still there. And part of that area, the Temple Mount, and some of those areas are still there today. So is the temple going to be rebuilt according to the scripture? It says that it's going to be. The Temple Institute right now, oh, and, and I'll just share this with you. They already have the furniture and, and the majority of those things to operate with inside of the temple when the temple is rebuilt. They're already in place. So it's coming. Here's one I bet you may not have heard. And probably, unless you were reading behind them and some of them in Jerusalem may not have seen this yet. But the Sanhedrin has been, re has been reestablished after 1,600 years of absence. The Sanhedrin has been reestablished. Keep in mind, after 1,600 years of absence... Just exactly what was the Sanhedrin? Well, the Sanhedrin was a council of 71 rabbis that basically governed Israel under Roman rule during the time of Christ near the temple. And they continued to function outside of Jerusalem until around 400 A.D. But now they have started back in force, 71 rabbis. So what is the Sanhedrin doing today in Jerusalem? through the Temple University, well, here's what they're doing. They're overseeing the rebuilding, and they're going to assist in identifying the Messiah should he appear on the scene. Well, I hate this for them, but he's already come and ascended to the right hand of the Father. But they're still looking for him. They're still looking for him to come. And this Sanhedrin, here's an interesting thing for you. They are currently meeting once a month in Jerusalem. And in June 2005, they issued a call for specific plans to rebuild the temple. Specific plans. Now, it's sobering and even a bit frightening to some to see that all of these things are taking place in our present day. 
But here's one of the things for believers. It should, it should not surprise us. It, it should not catch us off guard. Because we read and study the scripture, we know that the day coming, there's a day coming when Jesus Christ is going to come and the church is going to be taken away and the bride and the bridegroom will be united. So for us, it should not be something that, that we absolutely, totally, that it, that, it, that it scares us to death or frightens us. I will say this, we, there should be concern. But more than any of that, as we see the day approaching, it's amazing that in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25, it talks about the assembling of our cells together as the manner of some is, and even so much more as you see the day approaching. Doing what? Exhorting each other. Encouraging each other. Because I'm going to tell you something. In the days coming and in the days ahead of us, as persecution continues to increase, and I will tell you, not trying to scare you this morning, but here's what you need to, this is what you need to understand. It's coming. It is going to make its way here. Matter of fact, we're already seeing some of the precursor to some of it already occurring And so as we find ourselves in this place today, the important thing about all of this is the gospel. People need to hear the truth of the gospel because here's what they need to understand. Judgment is coming. Just as it has before, judgment is coming. And the only way that you're going to escape this final coming judgment is in a relationship with Jesus Christ, a personal one. And so as we see this day, and I, and I hear people say this all the time. Well, you know, they've been talking about this for hundreds of years. Well, guess what? That's just what Peter wrote about. So where is the promise of his coming? You've been talking about this for years. Well, just hold on. I have a question for you. Did he come the, the first time the way the prophet said that he would come? He did. Is he coming the second time? He is. And he'll come just the way the prophets say that he will come for us. So the question today is, may we, in our own hearts and lives, get a burden for lost people? Because I can tell you, when the judgment comes... It's too late. It's too late. And now is not the day. Now is not the time to say, well, you know, culture just, you know, things are so bad. My dear friend, please listen to me. You think they're bad now, just wait. As the old saying goes, you ain't seen nothing yet. The scripture already tells us the love of many will wax cold. You see the whole list as it's laid out. This is what we have to see as the days approach. Not anything to try to scare you with. It's just the very words that Jesus said. It's amazing to me. You can look at the clouds in the sky and determine what the weather's going to be the next day, but you can't, you just you can't understand what's standing right in front of you. I'm going to ask you to turn to another one of those Old Testament prophets that you rarely go to. It is the book of Hosea. 
Yes, it is in the Old Testament. Hosea chapter 5. What has happened in the past? What is happening now? And what will happen in the future is all evidence of the purposeful plan of God. Hosea chapter 5, verse 15. I will go away and return to my place until they acknowledge their guilt and seek my face. In their affliction, they will earnestly seek me. So what's coming? What's going to happen? Let me encourage your hearts with something this morning. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 46. And we'll finish in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 46. Isaiah chapter 46, verse 8 through verse 11. Isaiah chapter 46, verse 8. Remember this. And I want, you to, I want you to notice what the text says. Remember this and be assured. Recall it to mind, you transgressors. Remember the former things long past. For I am God. And there is no other. I am God and there is no one like me. No one. Verse 10. Declaring the end from the beginning. And from ancient times things which have not been done saying, my purpose will be established and I will accomplish all of my good pleasure. Verse 11. Calling a bird of prey, speaking of Cyrus from the east, the man of my purpose from a far country. Truly, I have spoken. Truly, I will bring it to pass. I have planned it. Surely, I will do it. And my dear friend, you can rest assured today that God's plan is going to occur just the way he intends for it to occur. Exactly. So what is the point of this message from Isaiah? The main point of this message is to prove that God... And God himself, not the idols, not the idols, is the true divine power that can be trusted. I can tell you, in a culture, in a world we live in today, the absolute truth is found in God and Jesus Christ and the Word of God. If you want peace and comfort, 
that passes all understanding and a contentment to understand and realize today that God has this under control. It'll only be found through Jesus Christ. God's past acts prove that he is God. Verse 10. And it is in his promise, verse 11, that you can trust him for salvation. So this morning, and Jerusalem is the city at the center. God loves it. Satan hates it. Jesus wept over it. The Holy Spirit descended in it. The nations will be drawn to it. And Christ will return and reign 